This is The Spot, a BYU-Idaho radio production where we talk about what you're talking about at BYU-Idaho. Today's hosts are me, Celeste Simmons, Noah Timpson, and Candy Zilalu, and our special guest, Bill Riggins. The views and opinions of this podcast are not not that of BYU-Idaho radio or the university and are solely the opinions of the hosts. All right. I'm very excited for today's episode. We're talking about something pretty major that's recently happened on campus, and that is changes to the honor code, to the dress and grooming, uh, the ecclesiastical endorsement, all of that stuff. So we have really fun people on the podcast today. And Brother Riggins, um, if you want to introduce yourself, talk about your um, title here on campus and what you do and give a little introduction. Yeah, I'm the director of the of the uh, BYU-Idaho uh, Student Honor Office, and so um, we we deal with the student honor every day of our lives. <laughs> um, and so this these changes came through on August 24th were primary for us. So it's uh, appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk about them. And here, our other hosts are also students here at BYU-Idaho, so we're kind of in the, I guess on the, I feel like Brother Riggins is like on the front lines of it, and then we're like experiencing all of these new changes, which is really cool and fun. And we just first want to talk about um, the comparisons of the old versus the new. So there's three main areas where there have been changes. The first is the student ecclesiastical endorsement. And Brother Riggins, if you could touch about what the ecclesiastical endorsement is for those that don't know and um, what changes have been made there. Yeah, so every student here at BYU-Idaho has to receive what's, what's referred to as an ecclesiastical endorsement. Uh, that's an interview with a bishop, uh, and uh, they would ask certain questions uh, about their worthiness, about their willingness to live the honor code, and so on. And that was the old, that was the kind of the old one. Um the, the change here is dramatic and wonderful, actually. Uh, the, the ecclesiastical endorsement now will, will still be by a bishop, but it's centered on more on testimony, more on worthiness, more on... And it separates the bishops, the ecclesiastical leaders, from, from the university, per se, right? Or from the... The, the standards of the university. So if you think of it this way, there are, there are doctrinal things and then there are institutional things, right? The ecclesiastical leaders are dealing with the doctrinal things. We're dealing, BYU-Idaho and, and us and the student honor and you as students, you have some institutional mandates and responsibilities and that's it has separated them from that. Where it be in the past, a bishop would also ask questions that it related to honor code standard, dress and grooming, and those kinds of things. They're not into that business anymore. And when are when is that going to be effective? That change? It's it's effective. It was effective immediately on August twenty fourth, which is so all new all new students all. Um, all the returning students who need to renew their ecclesiastical endorsements, they will be asked the new set of questions. And by the way, those questions were made public, so students can actually go up, look in, and and take a look at what questions will be asked by the bishops. Very cool. 
And then the second change that we want to talk about is the CES honor code. And if you could just touch on that. Yeah, so when we t- when we talk about the CES honor code, it's the Church Educational System honor code. That honor code covers all the universities, and it always has. Those those were those are uh, uh, a, a doctrinally based, principle based things that 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 covered everyone. So the reality is, there were very very few changes in that in the actual honor code. Um, the changes that were made, just they, they just highlight their role in accomplishing the religious mission of CES. So the honor code, I feel like I get this confused in my head a little bit. It doesn't have anything to do with the dress and grooming principles, right? Beautiful question, by the way. Beautiful, beautiful confusion because, <laughs> because that's, that's what happens is we normally reduce the honor code to dress and grooming, Right. And that's a sad thing, actually. It's it's the honor code, and within the honor code, there's dress and grooming. So there's a lot of the, the points in in the actual honor code itself, right? Maintaining ecclesiastical adornment, being honest, living a chaste life, abstaining from alcohol, participating uh, regularly in church, right? Those that's that's the honor code, and then and just one point within the honor code is. Uh, that obeying the laws and following campus policies, including CES dress and grooming standards, right? So you have this this big umbrella, and within that umbrella, there's the dress and grooming. Okay, so under the honor code also comes like the curfew and all of those things as well? Well, yes and no, but again, uh, again, part of the confusion, right? So if you, if that that sentence that I just, Quoted, right? Obey the law and follow campus policies. So campus policies are maybe some, some policies such as uh, apartment living standards, right? Those are part of the policy. They're, they're institutional. And, and so what the honor code is saying is be obedient to those things, right? Somebody has put those rules in place to protect you to make sure that you're safe, to make sure that, you know, those things. Now, I'll be really honest with you. I don't know what's going to happen with some of those because we're, we're looking at, at what the, the, the church board of education has done and said, are there some things that we have in place? Are there policies in place that we need to align with, with what uh, the commissioner's office has done? And, Will they be principle-based instead of a policy? Okay. Yeah, thanks for that explanation because I, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I get it all jumbled up and confused <laughs> in my head. So, yeah, the dress and grooming principles and expectations, that's within, over, you know, underneath the umbrella of the CES honor code. And that leads us into the next point that we want to talk about, which is the dress and grooming principles and expectations here at BYU-Idaho, which is probably the change that people are most excited about and most talking about. Um, so, Brother Ruggins, if you could explain some of the changes that have been made there. Well, sure. There's, and and this is the, like you said, this is the one that everybody's talking about, right? Because suddenly we can wear, we can wear shorts here at BYU-Idaho. Um, there are some some of the the I guess let me explain it this way. We went from law of Moses, right, to the higher law. So instead of telling you 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 have to do this and not wear this and you know, et cetera, just a point by point by point. 
we're saying to you, you're now going to represent the Savior. You're going to represent his church. You're going to represent the university. How will you dress? Right? That's, a, that's a whole different concept now. Instead of being told, you now have to make a decision according to principles, doctrines that have been taught in the past, right? We're not going to throw those away. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing as we look at it. Um, and, uh, and so there, uh, uh, this idea, by the way, is, and the way that it's written, it's dress and grooming principles and expectations. So there still are some, some expectations, some, um, uh, simple, by the way, the, the, the rules that they've, that they've laid out for us that it, it's, I guess you'd want to call it, a, we would call it a minimum standard, right? But even, even when you read those, they're actually very principle-based. Uh, for example, right, it says dress for men and women should be modest in fit and style. So again, we're not telling you there, there's no specifics. That's, that's really a broad definition, right? You're going to have to decide what does that mean? But that is, that is one of the, one of the expectations is that we would be modest in fit and style. And, and then it gives you again, another principle, right? So it goes, uh, dressing in a way that would cover the temple garment. Again, that's a, that's kind of a principle base. And, and you, if you're not endowed, you're going to have to go ask somebody, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Where does a garment go? If, you, if you've never been to the temple, if you don't have parents, we have young people on campus whose parents are not members of the church, uh, are brand new members of the church, uh, and so on, where they're going to have to get some facts in order to figure that out, right? What, what does it mean that it needs to cover the, the, the garment? So again, principle-based, though it sits under that category of expectations. Yeah, thanks for the explanation again. And Candy and Noah, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about these new changes, especially to the honor code. Um, how have you seen any differences yet on campus this week? What are your thoughts about it? I mean, I can, I can start. I think that uh, there's a lot more guys that wear shorts than the girls. I just be honest. I think guys are excited about it. I've seen most of the guys in the classes wearing shorts. Um, I think there's still a lot of people, as you mentioned, that will just wear pants no matter what. And I do think that people are excited about it. I think just my personal opinion is that, uh, kind of as Brother Riggins mentioned, that <clears throat> it really is principle-based and that when you dress up and you get ready for the day and you try and look your best, you feel better. Um, and so if that's shorts, great. If it's, you know, if it's wearing a suit for a business presentation and looking ready for that, then do that. Um, and so I think it does allow students to feel like they have a little bit more um, autonomy in what they get to wear. And I think that that's uh, created a lot of excitement. Um, I think that as somebody, my body temperature usually runs hot. So I love wearing shorts, even in the wintertime, uh, because I'm just always kind of steaming. So I think there probably could be some people who could relate to that. But um, I think it's been a good positive change so far. Yeah, I, I'm not really a shorts girly. Like, I'm probably going to keep wearing my pants. But I will say, as Brother Riggins explained, I really like the new change because I feel like it's more like it revolves around more what the church is about, which is agency you know and it's I feel like it's really giving students the chance to practice that agency so it's kind of like 
how your parents raise you your whole life and then like one day they just let you go and they're like okay I've taught you everything you need to know now I trust that you're going to apply it and so I feel like it makes us feel at least most students that I was talking to today it makes them feel more like yeah like we got this like they trust us enough not to show up in like booty shorts to class but <laughs> yeah I think it's a good change to be honest I, I love your comparison, by the way. I love this idea of of being raised by your parents and then being let loose, right? I think when our parents do let us go, we don't forget everything that our parents taught us, right? We're going to continue to use mm-hmm. that knowledge that we gain from mom and dad who love us so much, so very much, right? Yeah. So the idea uh, behind being principle-based, sometimes we hear this idea that, that um, well, I don't have to anymore, right? Or it doesn't say that I can't or whatever it might be. But again, like a like a good child leaving home, right? You're not going to forget everything that has been taught to you the last 25 years or 21 years or 18 years of your life by prophets, years, revelators, mom, dad, bishops, yeah. scripture, <laughs> et cetera, right? And that's how we make decisions. And when we use that, then we're going to make correct decisions, that reminds me of something I heard a long time ago about when um, Elder Holland was president of BYU. And I don't know if they had made changes to the honor code at that time or what it was exactly. Um, but students were questioning if jeans were okay to wear on campus because I guess at the time jeans <laughs> weren't professional. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't professional and you had to dress professional on the campus of BYU and stuff. So students were debating about that. And Elder Holland was just like, does it matter what material your clothes are made out of? Like, that's not what BYU is about, that, you know, we're here to be disciples of Jesus Christ, to become like him, to become better people. It doesn't matter what material your clothing is made out of. So instead of, you know, getting hung up on those little things like, oh, can you see my ankles? Like, I don't know, like with pants and capris and some teachers are more strict than others. And, you know, sometimes that got a little bit complicated but now, like Candy was saying, we're, we can use our agency to dictate, you know, is this allowed? Is this modest? Modesty is an important principle of the gospel. Um, but overall, you know, are we being like Jesus Christ? I don't think he, my Jesus, I mean, if he walked into the radio station right now and saw me wearing shorts, I don't think he would judge me based on my appearance, but judge me based on what's on our hearts, right? That's what the scriptures say. So, um, yeah, it's an exciting change. Yeah. I would just like to add also, when you were talking about how like how people are trying to debate like what's professional, what's not. I'm taking a, mm, I'm taking a religion class. I forgot the name of it. <laughs> but um, basically in the class there will be a day where you have to like present, you know, kind of like teach the class, and you're expected to come in. It just says like basically like professional Sunday wear, you know. So I feel like that's kind of like what the honor code dressing standards say now. So it's kind of like up to me to debate like, okay, like is jeans and a shirt Sunday wear or is Sunday wear for me more of like a dress and a skirt? So I feel like it's kind of the same deal. Yeah, I, I if you listen to if you listen to devotional yesterday, I thought President Meredith, I, th- I thought his, his, by the way, his talk was amazing, right? Uh, because it didn't have, it wasn't about the honor code. It was about integrity. It was about commitment. It was about honor. It was about, like, yes, he used the honor code and he used dress and grooming as examples, right? But, but it was all about that. But one of the things that he did um, right at the beginning with his wife is he invited us all to come to devotional 
right? And then he said, wear your Sunday best, right? But then, then he said, but if you can't bring your Sunday best, if you can't wear it, come anyway, be here with us, right? That's beautiful, right? That's beautiful. So I'm going to get up on Tuesdays and I'm going to say, you know, what am I doing today? You know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm in, in, um, uh, I don't know, nursing program or, or I'm in, uh, animal science and, and maybe that day I'm going to be cutting up an animal or something. I don't know. Right. And so I can't wear a, I'm not going to wear a, a shirt and a tie or whatever. Right. Because that's not what I'm, my day just won't fit in that way, but I'm still going to go to devotional. I'm still going to fit in. Right. So I love that. That's wonderful. Yeah. I want to just, I want to add one last thing to that too, just where, um, we had this saying, I used to play football in high school and we had this saying that was, if you, um, if you dress good, then you'll feel good. If you feel good, then you'll play good. And if you play good, then they pay good. And so (laughs) I've, I've noticed, um, this is just a plug for some of the international students, but I've always been impressed with a lot of the international students when they come to BYU-Idaho, not even just on our campus, but a lot of other college campuses, you always see them dress very professionally every day. You see them wearing their very best. To them, what their very best is every day, and it always is something that catches my eye. And I think that at the end of the day, that's what we're all trying to go for is to impress. We're all, we're all here to get an education, to become disciple leaders, but we are trying to impress employers to get jobs, to provide for ourselves. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of up to you on what you want to make it. But I think that if you push yourself to give your best, then you probably won't be disappointed. Yeah. I mean, as an international student myself, I know I went home last summer. I'm, I'm from Tanzania. And what would be considered just, like, casual wear here? Like, I'd be like, oh, mom, like, I'm going to the mall. And she'd be like, like, that? You don't know who you're going to meet at the mall. Like, go back in the house and change. So I think in our cultures, it's very, like, you don't know who you're going to see outside. So <laughs> make sure you look good. Uh, yeah. That's beautiful. I like that point a lot, too, because I have a thought. Hopefully it can wrap around. Um, But it's an honor to be going to a college. I know for maybe a lot of us, we've had generations of parents that have gone to college. But for me, I mean, I grew up in the United States and everything, but I'm a first-generation college student. It's an honor to be attending a university, to be moving away from home. Maybe you guys have similar experiences. I don't know. Um, but for a lot of us, this is a very big opportunity, and especially for international students, we need to come here to a campus and study in a different country. I think that's part of the reason why maybe they want to dress up is to show honor to some to this big opportunity. Um, yesterday, in Elder Meredith, not Elder President Meredith's talk, he was saying like, you know, I want you guys to come in your Sunday best, but if you can't, you know, you're still obviously welcome to come to devotional. And then he started to talk about, like, the principles and um, everything like that. And he said, I don't want to, like, quote him wrong, but from what I got from it was um, sometimes we don't understand why. He was talking about the why. And he was like, you know, you can study it out, ask questions, ask those around you, try to figure out the why, for example, the honor code. Um, But sometimes we don't know the why, and sometimes we just, you know, maybe we just have to follow it. And sometimes that might be unsatisfying for a lot of people, but we are students here. We chose to come to BYU-Idaho. We're not being forced to. Like, it's a decision. 
And so at the end of the day, you know, if we don't know why we can't wear X, we can't do this. Um, think about Brother Riggins was talking about this earlier off record, off the podcast, but um, think about more of what we can do. And at the end of the day, sometimes we just have to follow the rules. You know, he quoted uh, he quoted Moses the, from the book of Moses uh, with with Adam, who was asked to sacrifice animals, right? And, and you know, in 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 our twenty first century thought, I mean, sacrificing animals just doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense. But I don't I don't think it made sense to Adam either. But he did it, right? He did it because God asked. And, and so when the angel appears to him and says, Adam, why do you sacrifice, right? Why, why are you doing this? He says, I don't know, except that God asked me to, right? And, and that's when answers come, right? That's when he got the answer. And so I think your point is beautiful. I think the idea, and, and, and President Meredith said yesterday, don't, stop living the law or don't stop doing what you're supposed to be doing just because you don't understand. The understanding will come. It might come 20 years from now. It might come tomorrow, right? But the reality, I, you know, I, it will come. It, it always does. Uh, and so I, I, I love that. I think that's, that's what we do. We're, we're so privileged to be here. We're getting a a, an incredible education at a private university being subsidized by the tithe payers and what a beautiful thing that is. And, and, um, simple thing to do is dress modestly, right? It's the, it's the least we can do. And we'll come to know the why it'll, it'll come to us. I like to think of the why as this is a conversation I have a lot with my friends. Um, like, when we look at things like the word of wisdom, for example, you know, the word of wisdom, I mean, at least from my understanding, tell me if I'm wrong, it's not in the Ten Commandments. Like, nowhere in the Ten Commandments to say, thou shalt not take shots at a bar or something, you know? But I always tell my friends, like, I feel like these are kind of, like, really good suggestions that are given to us to help us escape other problems. Because, you know, sometimes not everybody can handle their liquor, you know? Someone might take one sip of alcohol, become an alcoholic, and just start breaking the actual Ten Commandments. Like, just their life will start downward spiraling, you know? Or they start taking other substances that just cause them to go down the same. So it's like, sometimes we may not know exactly why. Like, in the moment, it's like, why can't I do this? Why can't I do this? But I feel like sometimes it's just preventing us from bigger things that we may not even be able to comprehend or imagine. Yeah, and I think going along with that, I think at the very least, it's that, that inner peace, right? Because we all signed up to be here at school. We all check the box, you know. And a lot of times with terms and terms and conditions with most things, we don't get to accept it. It's like in order for me to continue on this app, I have to say yes. But that <laughs> that wasn't how it was, you know, with this. We all chose it. And so I think that we'll be at war with ourselves if inside of ourselves we know that we said we were going to do something and we didn't, um, you know. Whether it's a small thing or big thing, right, it might not weigh on our conscience so heavily, right? Like be coming home a little later after curfew probably isn't going to keep you up at night. But like, you know, doing something where we've committed, where kind of how Brother Riggins was saying and how President Meredith was saying that there's a level of integrity that I think we're all trying to strive for and we're all in different stages of that. But I think that um, 
you know, the more we can kind of live up to what we say, the better we'll probably feel about ourselves. You know, something fun that he mentioned uh, in his talk, he quoted um, uh, uh, Elder Oaks when Elder Oaks was was asked to be the president of BYU Provo, right? And um, uh, we went we went and looked up his, his his story behind it, right? And and he was asked to be the president of BYU, and and what he said to the prophet. Um, uh, he said, I, I didn't know whether I could go along with the short hair and no beard regulation. Here's a man, right, who's going to be a, a prophet of God, and yet he was wondering whether he could go with, go with that, right? But then, anyway, he accepts that responsibility, and, um, and he had to get a testimony of dress and grooming, right? And then yesterday, President... Uh, Meredith used this quote. He says, though the dress and grooming standards are not the most important standards required of those who attend this university, they are among the very most visible as we associate with one another. And as we come under the eyes of those who visit this campus, consequently, these matters have been emphasized and will be emphasized to an extent beyond their intrinsic importance. Right? Um, and... And you go, yeah, it, it doesn't define us. Uh, it, it, it doesn't define our hearts. And I think that's what you said earlier, right? But, but it, it defines us from the concept of integrity. I promised that I would do that. And they asked me to do it. And, and so it, it defines us from that perspective. Do I have integrity? Am I, gonna, am I going to do those things which I committed to do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about integrity, like President Meredith was saying yesterday in devotional. Um, and have you guys seen any backlash? I mean, we're only on the third day of the semester, but have you seen anyone or heard of anyone that's, um, yeah, any backlash to the changes with the honor code? You know, we we uh, we always uh, in the honor office we always we always get the backlash on on beards on on being clean shaven, right? Um, and we tried to be very, very sensitive to skin needs, you know, the, 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 the skin issues and things like that. Um, but the reality, and again, you know, we, we get the excuse, well, Jesus had a beard, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we don't even want to go there. Right. But, but I loved, uh, I love one of the responses that, you know, the responses that, that were given to the media in relationship to the beard is, says. This is how we've chosen to represent ourselves in CES as we maintain a standard distinctive to the educational institutions of the Church of Jesus Christ. So you go, well, what's the reasoning behind it? I don't know. But it's, a, it's just a choice that the brethren have made that we're going to be clean shaven, right? So, um, so there's, we're always going to get, there's, there's, as I mentioned to you off, off the record right before we came on, uh, we're never going to be. We're not going to. Never going to uh, satisfy everyone, right? We have an institutional mission that we want to fulfill, and we feel those who make the rules, right, feel that the things that we're doing will help us fulfill those institutional missions, and thus they're put in place, right? 
are they perfect? No. Right? Are they going to cause some backlash by some people? Yes. But we're going to, again, I go back to the statements that you guys have made, which have just been beautiful. Right? We're at this private institution. It's, it's sponsored by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Tithing dollars are being spent on us. And is it that hard? Right? Is it really really that hard to do what they've asked us to do. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you. To kind of wrap it up, I just have one last question for everyone is, what are you excited to see change here on campus? Or what do you hope um, will change for the better here at BYU-Idaho because of these changes? For me, I feel like these changes are just like really going in the right direction. Like I see, because... You know, this is in my opinion, but I have heard people sometimes refer as like to the honor code and just like different standards of the honor code, making them feel so restricted, like, oh, we're adults. Like, why can't we be trusted with this? Why can't we be trusted with that? So I feel like people are starting to feel like more, you know, like, oh, wow, like we're being, you know, treated like responsible adults who won't show up to class like half naked. Like, you know, and I feel like as these changes keep progressing, it'll make people feel more like just trusted you know and I feel like it'll even make the relationship between administration and students a lot better because I mean when you're 20 something you you do want to feel like you can be trusted with certain things to a certain extent and it's not fun clashing butting heads with administration every other day so I feel like with this small change as the years go by I mean I'll probably come back to BYU in like five years and things will be a lot different but yeah yeah, I think that <clears throat> one thing that I am excited to see is more of a general consensus between what students uh, what students practice and what administration expects. I, I think that there's been a disconnect for a long time of what the general norm is, like whether it's beards, you know, the expectation is that everybody shaves and lives like the dressing grooming standards, but it seems that there's been a shift in that. Um, I don't know if there's just more people with beard cards nowadays, but it seems that there's been a lot of shifts. Um, and something that's really frustrating for me is where we apply certain um, consequences or reprimands to certain elements of uh, principle-based things and then um, <clears throat> don't uh, apply them in other ways. So I've, I've had, um, you know, whether it's, some teachers ask about beard cards or certain things like that, but then there's been other students where, you know, they have five piercings and I'm kind of going, how am I getting talked to about if I shave today, but this person is wearing this. And it, I think it creates resentment between students uh, where they say, well, this teacher said this or this student's wearing that and they're okay, but I wear this and I got stopped at the gym, you know, and, and I've heard that on race lines. I've heard it on gender lines. I've heard it on lots of different things. And so I think that it will be nice kind of how Candy said, just to have more of a general consensus that this is principle based. We should do our best. Um, and that's a little bit different for each person, but we should always treat people with respect and respect that we're, we're all trying to do our best here. I love that. I think our conversations uh, instead of do's and don'ts and laws, it should be more principle-based, right? I think um, uh, 
one of the questions that I, I had as the announcement was made is who is going to teach the principles, right? Because you teach them correct principles and then let them govern themselves, right? So I think all of our conversations need to go back to the principles. They need to go back to the doctrine. They need to go to the, to, to, you know, what are the attributes and characteristics of God? I think you, you, I, I loved what you said earlier. If God would walk in right now, I think he'd accept all four of us, right? I think I'm wearing a tie. You guys aren't, right? You're not Noah. And, then, and, 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 but, but it's, it's, it's what's in our hearts. What are our intentions? What are we doing? Right. So, um, I, I think this, uh, this, this, this new honor code is going to raise us to a higher, holier way of, of living our lives. Um, I think that, that there's going to be a, there's going to be some growing pains. I think that, that we're all, we're all learning. We're all at different levels. Um, but, but when it's all said and done, we're going to be living our lives as the savior would want us by making decisions according to what we know about him and what we know about how he feels about our bodies and how he feels about our spirits and, and, and how, uh, how he feels about us as a whole. I loved, again, I, I know I've quoted, we've, we've talked a lot about President Meredith, but his testimony yesterday to us about who we are, right, I think is just beautiful. I just, I think we got to recognize that. And um, uh, <clears throat> I, I guess I leave it to you at, at, at kind of as a, a finale here, but, but, but God, I, I think the important thing for me is, is um, God loves everyone. When I got called to be as a mission president, Elder Uchtdorf extended the call. And he came and he sat down. And the first thing he said to me and Sister Riggins, his brother, he said, President and Sister Riggins, God loves you. And then he giggled, his, his beautiful giggle, right? His beautiful German giggle. And he said, but he loves everyone. And then he said this, but God trusts you. And I thought, and I started bawling like a baby, right? God trusts me. That's what this will do. That's what principle-based will do is that God loves all of us. There's no, no doubt about that. The question is, is does he trust us, right? Have we learned what is necessary so that he can trust us in whatever it is that we do? Yeah, that ends it perfectly. Thank you so much, Brother Riggins and Candy and Noah, for being on here today. And I'm excited for these changes, and I'm excited to live this higher law here at BYU-Idaho and become more like Jesus Christ and disciples of Him because um, that's our mission here. You've been listening to The Spot, a production of BYU-Idaho Radio. Today's hosts were me, Celeste Simmons. Noah Timpson. And Candy Zulala. And special guest... Bill Riggins. The views and opinions of this podcast are not that of BYU-Idaho Radio or the university and are solely the opinions of the hosts. This episode was edited by me, Celeste Simmons. Producers were the host with supervision by Brandon Isle. Our theme music is Finding Happiness by DJ Quads and the Perpetual Ticking of Time by Artificial Music. 
To listen to more episodes of The Spot, like and follow us on social media or visit our website, byui.edu slash radio and click podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the BYUI Idaho radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also leave a review of this show and leave a comment on what we should talk about next.